Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. <sighs> Last week on the Listen Ya Boy number 100. <laughs> Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. What's up, you guys? Your girl Melissa here with episode one of the Listen Your Girl. Jimmy, how you doing? It's a I whimsical am, Wednesday, right? This this might be one of the more entertaining Wednesdays I've ever had. And might be one of the more pleasant. It's because Sean isn't here. How you doing? You feeling victorious today? Or are you feeling... I, I feel pretty good. Uh, I'm liking the left side of the screen a little more today, which is nice. Completely undefeated, which is amazing. Good for you. Really, really good. I don't know what happened to Sean. Uh, he's a sore loser. These things happen. So now I guess it's the list any girl this week. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So... I heard some news. I got some scoops about uh, Becky Lynch. I've had enough! Get her! Get her! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's right! That's right! I'm back! I am back! You sure? Nigel, sure take you your seat! The... Put me back on the screen! Okay. I'm ready! Alright. I need maybe. Where that am was, I? That was violent. Telling violent. Me. Where where am I? Put me back on the screen, Nigel. This is my show. You're the boss. Yeah. Still not on the screen, Nigel. Maybe it's going to be. There you go. Nig the list in you, Nigel. No. See, Jimmy. Jimmy, I got those Air Canada credits now. So I flew some of my finest henchmen to Toronto on my dime. Ah. Can I expense this? Uh, technically, what just happened was an HR violation on a lot of levels. Kidnapping is not an HR violation. There is nothing in my contract that I signed in 2016 that said anything about kidnapping not being allowed. So, have you recovered from your uh, your matchup? What match? <laughs> We're just going to strike it from the record. Is that that's what's going to happen? Going to strike it from the record this week? I don't know what match you mean. Like when I, you 
You mean the one where I won the IFG title back there or the FVWA tag titles? Or do you mean the, the submission wrestling gimmick that I won way back in 2000? You're close when you say submission wrestling. You're close. I, I don't remember getting warmer. It was a great episode 100. We had Trevor Strong. We did. We did. Now, we need to explain a couple things. Uh, for anybody that watched the show last week, I read the comments. Uh, a couple of people said, well, you promised explosions and there were no explosions. Explain that, Sean, because there were originally explosions. Go ahead and explain. There were. So I, I'm going to pretend that I don't know what fight you're talking about. But <laughs> when I filmed this stuff with Melissa... As it turns out, Melissa is not a pro wrestler, Jimmy. <laughs> you would Barely. be shocked. You'd be shocked to learn, based on what we saw there, that Melissa is not actually a trained pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. So I taught her a few moves. Originally, I taught her a figure four leg lock. We decided that was going to be a little too much for her to remember the step over, the, the lace over. So I taught her an ankle lock, but the jump off the ladder looked so wretched. I, when I was teaching her this, I was like, you know, you can go cross body out. I can catch you. No big deal. She's 100 pounds soaking wet. Can catch her. Had all that, that violent cardboard to land on. <laughs> so I was like, I saw this footage and I was like, man, this is real bad. This is so bad. I've got to make it as cheesy as possible. And we do have the original version with explosions right. on Fightful Select. But dare I say that we delivered on our promises because stupid people had explosions in it. That's true. And I thought that's why you added that. Uh, I actually did not. That was completely unintentional. Yeah, I should play dumb and say I did that on purpose, but I really didn't. Well, I I think we should not play dumb. Since we're going to acknowledge this fight, I was cheated. (laughs) So I want to reassure you about something, okay? Because you know that I, I, I run this company here uh, and I, I try to take care of all my people here. I have talked to building security. I have even talked to ADT, which is my external security service. We are going to get to the bottom of who this Stone Cold character was that ran in during that match. We're on the case. Apparently, there's surveillance footage. So we are going to find out who Stone Cold was because I was very upset when I saw that uh, because I wanted this to be a fair, no-holds-barred, no-disqualification, extreme rules match. I, I know that Bernard so, wore that. Stone Cold Steve Austin garb for Halloween. Yes, he so did. So he's prime suspect number one. He is definitely a prime suspect. Uh, some would suggest that Nigel is a suspect. And uh, I just heard that. A third party told me that. But uh, we're going to get to the bottom of it, Sean. Uh, I don't tolerate, uh, you know, any extracurricular activity such as this. Because that individual was not supposed to be part of that segment. No. So, and we, we did deliver on banned moves from WWE. I took a chair shot to the head, Jimmy. Yes, you did. I actually took several. But also, Melissa did things that that got Daniel Bryan fired. That's true. So you were so so. Sean had also promised banned moves. I saw on, on the comments some people were kind of saying, "Well, what about the banned new moves?" And a couple of people the banned moves. <laughs> Oh my god! No, but a couple of people thought that the chair shot was the banned move, uh, and I guess in theory, but that wasn't the one that you were emphasizing. You were talking with Daniel Bryan, the tie choke, and you know, with the, a sweater. I mean, Justin Roberts is a friend of yours, and huh? you don't have the respect for him to eliminate the problem that is Melissa. I mean, that was a straight callback to what happened to your friend Justin Roberts, and maybe I'm not your friend, Jimmy. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just not your friend. It was a no-holds-barred matchup, so anything went in that match. No and, holds uh, are barred! That doesn't mean people can cheat, interfere. Now, I now I will say once again, I do not justify the run-in. I don't justify that. Uh, I have security on the case. Uh, the building manager here, his name is George. I've spoken to him three times about this. George spoken, a bitch! I've, <laughs> I've spoken to ADT a couple times. We are on the case, Sean. I will try to figure out who did that run, and you have my what, word What does that. ADT stand for? Absolute dick turds? Because that's what kind of a job they did. That's now, listen, the first thing you thought of. Hey, dick absolute turds. dick turds. But listen, not only am I a fantastic journalist, a great podcaster, a legendary dongsman, as they say, but I am also a sport. I am a sportsman. 
and I will shake Melissa's hand right now. I will admit defeat. I will accept it. I think after everything has transpired, Melissa and I are best friends. Even after I just kidnapped her. I think I speak for her. And I can speak for her because she's locked in a room right now, unable to speak for herself. That we are now best friends. We will have a rematch. I am targeting next year. But it's going to be, it's got to be on my terms. Thumb war. I'm going to train this time, Jimmy. A thumb war. It's happening next year. Don't know when. Are you I'm getting gonna... Are you getting uh, pointers from Joey Ryan and Cody Rhodes? No, they they wish it would be as good. I'm gonna train <laughs> real hard for this. It's gonna. Happen. All right. Well, how does it feel to lose to a girl and to like really get your ass kicked in the process? Why Why does it matter if it was to a girl? What are you sexist? Uh, you yourself said in the lead up to this that you were reluctant to do it because you didn't want people to think that you were a pussy. I never said I was reluctant. Words. In fact, I said I was absolutely not scared I would get called a pussy. So there you go. <laughs> that just shows well, you how how progressive and next level I am, Jimmy. I thought listening to your boy went great last week. Thought it was entertaining. We're still trying to keep it a pro wrestling podcast. But uh, between Hard Trevor Strong... when you get the legendary dongsman. Well, between Trevor Strong, the diss track, the fight, it was quite the episode, man. It was good. We're going to try to... Didn't you say that there's another milestone coming in like a week? Yeah, like uh, next week is our two-year Listen Your Boy anniversary. Next week is our two-year anniversary? Essentially, here's what, yeah. Here's what I'm going to do for you, Sean. Oh, boy. Next week, Listen Your Boy, two-year anniversary, I'm going to tell the story. Next week, I'm going to tell it. Yeah. <coughs> oh, I choked on my ice. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I've been waiting for July, since July, for this to, to emerge. I have spoken to attorneys. I've asked them, what can I say and not say? I'm going to tell the story next week well, on the two-year anniversary of the list on you, boy. I think you should brief me beforehand what cannot be You're said. You're keeping your damn mouth shut. That's oh, basically your on. brief. That's your briefing. There's so much of it that you don't even know about. Oh, I know enough. Well, there you go. I know enough. So that's what we're going to do. So somehow... Hey, I- Go ahead. I was going to say, somehow, we're going to try to shift into actual wrestling talk, Sean. Not easy. Somehow. It's not easy sometimes with the stuff that we do on the show. It, yeah. it isn't. And I actually, you know what? I had an idea, Sean. Oh, did you? And I, and I was going to ask you about this off the air. I'm going to ask you on the air about this. I had an idea to do a secondary podcast with you that is not pro wrestling related. Oh, yeah. Really? I had an idea to do that. Just talking about... That. Just talking about the news of the day, of the week or whatever. I I thought about that. I even said to my wife, "Hey, Maybe would you we'll mind?" Job those trig tent losers out, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> but I've thought about it. I asked my wife, "Would you mind maybe in the new year if I take like an evening a week and hang back at the office?" And I've got two little kids, so my wife's not too keen on the idea. But oh, thinking about it, come on, her while while we're on the air. She and my wife can chat it up about Riverdale. How about that? Exactly. exactly. God, honestly, if they started a Riverdale podcast, it'd probably do pretty good. I think I'd rather watch a Riverdance podcast, personally. Yeah, I would, too. I would rather someone Riverdance on my face. <laughs> kind of like Melissa did last week. Who? <laughs> Who? Sorry, she can't answer the phone right now. She has been kidnapped. Let's, uh, let's start off by talking about the Dynamite Kid. Do you want to do that now, or do you want to do your little segue first? My little segue. Yeah, it's twenty after three because Gosh, uh, yeah. we had we had we had a ten minute we were ten minutes late because Sean fucked up on the intro. So are we just cutting the show short? We we robbing our viewers of of eyeball? Uh, I, okay, whatever. <laughs> are we we're robbing them of eyeballs? To be fair, I tried I tried <laughs> to rob Melissa of her eyeballs last week. I poked her in her eyes. Very but, true. Very true. I feel very Tito Ortiz-ish right now. I'm robbing people of their eyeballs. Did you see where he said? <laughs> he said, "Don't bear the poke." He did. Yeah. Don't bear he, the poke. Oh, he did a live interview with Hannibal yesterday. I can't wait to check that out. I mean, he talked about how about resilient it. he was because his grandparents are old. So we'll see how that goes. But last month, I spoke to Britt Baker. Uh, take a listen. 
And you started in the ring uh, in j just like oh, a little over three years ago, correct? Yep, yep, just over three years. So where where are you in relation to where you thought you would be three years ago? Because obviously you're very young in the business and, and both uh, as far as the calendar goes, I mean, you're 27 years old. Yeah, I have. I am so lucky and very blessed, and I never thought that I would get to do the the opportunities that I've done this early. Um, like I, like, all in, I wrestled in front of eleven thousand people. I've gotten to do opportunities with Ring of Honor, with NXT, with WWE. It's just so it's crazy, and it's just a lot, a lot, a lot of good luck that has been coming my way, and I've learned very quickly that you always need to be ready for opportunities because, you know, you never know when they're going to be thrown at you. You had mentioned Ring of Honor and NXT. I had kind of noticed you'd never end up working for Impact, and they do a lot of Impact one-night-only shows. Had you ever been contacted about those, or is there a reason why maybe that, that just hasn't happened? Um, I was contacted, and it was at a time, I forget when it, what exact one-night-only show it was, but it was, again, um, and I even talked to them about, you know, longer-term stuff, but it, it was when I was in school, and, and they do, it was when they were doing their tapings in Orlando, and you come down for, like, the whole week, and at that time, missing a whole week of, of classes and clinic, it just wasn't realistic at the time. Um, I wouldn't say that I've completely shut the door on any opportunities with Impact. They have fantastic talent there right now. They have, uh, they just signed Jordan Grace, you know, obviously Tessa, Taya, uh, Allie. There's so many girls there that I would love to work. So that's, you know, I would never say never with Impact. You've been in and out of Ring of Honor as well. I know that you, you worked there just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what's your relationship yeah. like there? Is, is that a place that you could see yourself working long term? Yeah, I'm actually headed there tomorrow, uh, tomorrow and Sunday as well. And um, I, I do, I like the opportunities with Women of Honor. There's nothing, it's not like I have anything concrete there as far as storyline or anything goes right now. I just, they just kind of gave me some dates and I'm doing them. But it's, it's such an awesome platform to be able to perform on. The fans are some of the best in the world. The Ring of Honor fans, they're just totally nuts and just wonderful. Um, and they have, you know, there's some great, there's some great girls there as well, but, uh, I'm not signed. I'm not signed to anywhere right now. The only place I'm signed is to a one-year dental contract. That's what <laughs> would ask me if I'm signed anywhere. So, um, it's been fun. I've been, just been really, really playing up the, the independent cars lately, hopping around to here and there. I'd like to make a little announcement here. Fightful Select subscribers. When we started Fightful Select, I had a show that covered... Uh, my interviews, the weekend or the weekly pod or the weekly column, rather, NXT 205 Live, all the non WWE stuff. Since in the in the month since, uh, Warren Hayes has taken over an NXT UK podcast. He's done an NXT 205 Live podcast. Steven Jensen is covering non WWE stuff on the weekender. This week, I'm launching the Fightful Report podcast where I cover the weekly, uh, give you all exclusive news, behind the scenes Fightful info cover the injury report, contract updates, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, another new podcast for Fightful Select. Hot dog. We keep adding, Jimmy. We keep adding. Yes, we do. So we're doing this on December 5th, so we got to talk about the dynamite kid, Tom Billington, uh, because news broke today that he passed away at the age of 60, and you talk about uh, uh, quite the day, you know, for that to happen. Today was his 60th birthday. Yeah. So he passed away on his 60th birthday. Everybody knows who he was. He was uh, one half of the British Bulldogs. Now, and he had been in, in poor health for quite some time. He had had multiple strokes. He was living in a care home facility. He had been in a wheelchair for years because of back injuries that he sustained in the ring. Uh, and uh, he was a controversial character, you know. He wasn't Chris Benoit, but he was a controversial character because he was known to be a locker room bully. Uh, he was known, uh, uh, even himself in his own book, talked about his problems with his family. I think he was abusive to them and, and, and neglected them. And his wife famously gave him a one-way ticket back to England, and he accepted it and uh, lived the rest of his life uh, more or less by himself. He, although I know he got remarried, but he you know, was in pretty poor health. He, uh, he was quite the pioneer when it came to pro wrestling. In the, in, the, in the early to mid-80s, Japan already had a lot of guys like him that were smaller, faster, had that hard-hitting style. But the WWF at that time was the land of the giants. And here you had a guy five foot eight doing top rope headbutts, 
top rope drop kicks, snap suplexes, and a promotion that was focused on Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and King Kong Bundy and Big John Studd. Uh, he was quite the pioneer, and uh, my condolences to his family. Yeah, I think that uh, Brandon Howard put it best on Twitter a couple hours ago. He says, like Benoit, Dynamite, who was Benoit's idol, had basically perfect fundamentals but lived a fucked up, abusive, destructive life. And he says, may our commitment to wrestling not blind us to how good and to how to be a good and healthy person, and may we create a culture that makes it easier to balance that. I'll say that I'm really happy that today's culture does help that. I mean, you hear the story of Scott Hall. He tells the pill bottle rattling story about how he used to rattle his bottle of pills and everybody would kind of look up like zombies. And nowadays, when he did it with his medication, nobody looked up from playing their video games. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you, you also can't get away with things anymore. I mean, we, we talk about Lars Sullivan getting in trouble for something he posted on social media, like, what, a decade ago? A decade ago, which he probably... I mean, he should have gotten a, a stern talking to, but yeah, outside of that, may, maybe nothing more, but... But back in the day, you never heard about this stuff. I mean, we've all heard the famous story with Jacques Rougeau. Yeah. And and this day and age, that would have come out the same day. And and at the time, it, it just wasn't really known. You know, yeah. I mean, unless you subscribe to The Observer in, 85, in 86, whenever that was, no one would have even known that that existed back then. You and no one really him, did for several years. You would hear of him pulling guns on people. And uh, I, I want to say he's essentially the forefather of today's wrestling because today's wrestling looks a lot more like what he and Tiger Mask did. But in the 90s, he was credited for really spearheading uh, what became cruiserweight wrestling. But that is just wrestling today. Yeah, and that's right. A, a more faster, more athletic style, and he'll never be forgotten for that. And No, but i got to tell you, it was, it was quite the sight to see in, say, 86, the Dynamite Kid doing, as you say, today's style of wrestling in the ring with guys like Nikolai Volkov. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, somebody posted on our Twitter about what are your favorite Dynamite Kid uh, memories. And for me, the wrestling classic might be the best one. Yeah. Because uh, there he was, little five foot eight Dynamite Kid, a tag team wrestler in a singles tournament. And he made it to the semifinals where he was beaten by uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. And I think everybody has seen the Nikolai Volkov match. Because that was awesome. If anybody has never seen the Nikolai Volkov match, Nikolai Volkov is in the middle of the ring doing the Russian National Anthem. And as soon as he's finished, while he's looking this way, doing the anthem, Dynamite Kid goes to the top rope, bell rings, Nikolai turns around, missile drop kick, one, two, three. It was over in about 10 seconds. And uh, that, was, that was definitely his, probably his peak, aside from the tag team titles, that was his peak as far as his WWF career. What do you think his legacy will be? Because obviously a lot of people are going to remember him because of the British Bulldogs. I, I would say personally his legacy is probably, especially the Sumo Hall match with uh, Tiger Mask and that really changing wrestling. Uh, to be honest with you, I think that a lot of his outside the ring exploits are going to be things that people remember. Uh, because, I don't know, I mean, in recent years, you know, everybody I think has seen the visual of kind of like a frail, older, dynamite kid sitting sure. in a wheelchair uh, and whenever you would read a story about him, that was always the stuff that would be brought up. People wouldn't talk about all the great things he did in the ring. They would always talk about the controversial stuff. And yeah. I guess the culture we're in now with social media, that's what people want to focus on anyway. You know. Speaking of controversial and social media, the winner of Melissa's favorite comment was selected. Kyle McCloney, you win a free polo shirt. After saying, quote, the two dislikes are from SRS's balls that have finally dropped after that beatdown. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> if, if the story out of that fight is people talking about the great Dongsman's meaty clackers, then, then so be it. So be it. Because you know what? You can aspire to achieve such great things. And how? How, you ask? Blue Chew, that's how. BlueChew.com code Fightful. You can increase your performance, get that extra confidence in bed. That's Blue Chew like the color blue. Brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but how about this? They work faster and they're cheaper. You don't have to sit around and wait for it to get, to get going. It's a chewable, gets in your system. You don't have to go to a doctor in person. Uh, you fill it out online. It's delivered straight to your door. You don't have to wait in line at a pharmacy. Good stuff, my friends. You can also become not the great dongsman, but a great dongsman 
with BlueChew.com. And right now, you can get your first shipment free. Use that code FIGHTFUL. Just pay $5 shipping. Hit them up at GetBlueChew on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us. Better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them. So somebody sent me a message on Twitter. Oh. uh, And then when I went to reply to the message, the message had been deleted. Oh. So I couldn't reply to it. Or did they block you? Uh, no, I think they had deleted it in the between the period of time that I read it and then the period of time that I tried to reply to it. I, I think they had deleted it. I don't think it works like that. Well, I couldn't reply to it, and then when I tried to go back to it, it wasn't there. Uh, oh, they, and, they either deleted their account or they blocked you, one or the other. Whatever. But what they said was, uh, and I don't have the verbatim tweet to read, they basically suggested that you and Alex uh, on the Post Smackdown podcast pissed them off by supposedly saying that the Usos were one of the were uh, top five all time in tag team wrestling, so I wanted to ask you: Number one, did you say the Usos were top five all time? And if you did, did you mean all time WWE or top yes. five all time in all of wrestling? The specific discussion was: Are the Usos a top five WWE tag team ever? WWE, it, tag, WWE team. tag team ever. Okay. And it was a discussion where Alex said, eh, if not top five, probably top ten. Got it. Just a that's, discussion. And that's all it was. And you say I'm sensitive? They they went to you? Yeah, they did. You narc! And I hadn't seen the show I yet. They, you little narc! <laughs> that's what they did, because I hadn't seen the show yet, we so I was going... cheese sponsor for all these rats! <laughs> <laughs> because... You know that I'm not a massive fan of the Usos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, they're obviously they're good in the ring, but I'm not a massive fan of their presentation. I'm not a massive fan of their promo work. And so, based on the suggestion that they're top five all time in WWE, I, I very quickly off the top of my head, I wrote them down, and I, I wrote down all of wrestling, not just WWE. So it kind of makes a difference. But I would put the Bulldogs, the Hart Foundation, the Legion of Doom, the Hardy Boys, the Rockers, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, the New Age Outlaws, all ahead of the Usos. Yeah, all, all, terms, those, all those have good arguments. And right. But not, argument, to, not to discredit them because their in-ring is excellent. Well, I mean, uh, I would put several of those above the Usos. Uh, my argument right now is that the Usos have been doing it for eight and a half years, five-time tag champions. As much as I love Edge and Christian, and I do – they were tag team like two and a half, three years. So Very I mean, true. the Usos true. are going to keep that going for a long time. The, the New Age Outlaws, even about three and a half years, all said and done. I mean, they yeah. they were super over as well. Yep. Also, I want to shout out Black Ridge Wrestling. You win a free bumper sticker as the runner up for your comment last week. Thank you all at Fightful for making me smile, laugh, and look like a raving lunatic on the train to work a hundred times. And I look forward to many more. Awesome. Awesome. I can't believe somebody ratted on me. Yeah. Sensitivity. <laughs> so, Do you remember I, last year when a guy accused me of being racist because I didn't like a Naomi promo? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, that, vaguely. Was, that was pretty wild. Went to the yeah. trouble of emailing me. I wonder if it was the same guy. No, God, not the same guy. Uh, not the same guy. This guy, uh, let me tell you, the guy who was making those accusations has some mental issues. He pretended that he was an Anawaii cousin. Really? That takes some effort. Oh, yeah. Wow. Especially when you're from Ohio. Right. <laughs> wow. The, the That's the big, Rock Samoan family, Nigel, just so you the know. The I think I of Ohio. Yeah, Roman Reigns' last name is on Hawaii. So they're, they're the, Samoan, uh, the Samoan clan. So I want to give props to PCO. Yeah, man. Pierre Carl Ouellette. I want to give props to this guy. This is a great story. Nigel will like this story. This guy, 50 years old, Nigel. Okay. 50 years old, from Quebec. He had wrestled uh, many, many years ago in the WWF. He retired in 2011, I believe it was. Uh, moved back home to Quebec. In 2016, he reinvented himself. Came back to wrestling. Reinvented himself. Uh, he called himself the French Frankenstein. <laughs> remember the guy that did the video throwing the darts at his chest? Do you remember that? I think doesn't so. doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah. that's PCO. Yeah. That's him. And so for the last two years, he's been working independence. Uh, it was the uh, 
Walter match that really put him on the scene, right, Sean? Janela Spring Break. Janela Spring Break, uh, New Orleans, when he was the guest opponent for Walter. That really kind of put him on the map. The videos that he did, like the darts went viral. He started getting bookings all over the place. And now, Ring of Honor, 50 years old, have signed him to a full-time exclusive contract. He claims it's the most lucrative contract of his career. Uh, so congratulations to him. Things are really changing on the scene, man. Yeah. Are well, I know not? that he made like 150 grand in WCW, so I would doubt it's that much. But for 75 dates at 50 years old, I'm sure it seems like the most lucrative deal. Right. Ring of Honor needed some people. They're going to lose some people. I talked yes, to Flip Gordon about them losing people, and he's like, "Yeah, we probably are, but I'm going to see it as a challenge." They got Brody King. They got. Uh, they got a couple Silas other Young. People. They're re-signing Silas Young. I think it's a real smart idea for Silas Young to stay there at 38 yep. years old with his gimmick. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, and even Joe Coff himself has gone on record to say that he does not believe that they're going to re-sign Cody Rhodes or the Young Bucks or Hangman Page. Yeah, uh, meaning that he's more than likely been notified by them. And so, uh, you know, you you look at the state of things right now. You've got. In terms of guys that are looking for talent and looking to sign them to contracts, you've got Ring of Honor, you've got WWE, you've got New Japan, Impact Wrestling to a lesser degree, MLW to a lesser degree. Now you've got All Elite Wrestling out there, the yeah. uh, the new outfit that's going to come along with the Jaguars co-owner and Cody and the Bucks. Uh, Mike Killam, who's a friend of ours uh, over at ProWrestling.com, I thought he made a really good point on Twitter. He said, wrestling is moving further away from independence. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a situation now where all of these guys, either they have television or they want television. They're getting guys signed up to contracts. And I have to mention to you, Sean, a quote from Dave Meltzer. Have to mention this to you, Sean. Okay. Dave, Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Wizard Radio. Do you remember a little while ago when we had that spat, Nigel, Sean and I? Oh. We had that oh, on your spat. You one of the most that? entertaining shows to watch. Was that one of the most entertaining well, shows? Just oh, oh you're, you're going to post some, some speculation. You're going to... Put some speculation out there. Are all you? I'm going to do is read the quote from Dave Meltzer. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to read the quote from Dave Meltzer. On Wrestling Observer Radio, he said, and I quote, WWE is signing people left and right. I've heard they've come heavily after guys. I know promoters and people like that who've been like, they are flagrantly tampering with everybody's guys. They're trying to sign everyone because they don't want this door to open. And that is kind of what I had suggested. Uh, and especially... And, and I suggested that it was... Contract tampering. Yeah, but they don't care. I don't think I mean, they, they care. They, whether they care or not, that's just what it is. Yeah. I mean, it is contract tampering. Shane Strickland signed a multi-year deal with MLW this summer, and he ain't going to be there. The yeah, what month. happened with that? I heard about that. I don't know, but MLW's probably not happy about it. Here's the thing. I bet they won't do it with the All Elite guys if the Jacksonville Jaguars owner is... No. and Well, to be honest with you, I... The, the one thing that we, when we had that little spat, one comment you made, which is very accurate, you said you can't sign someone that doesn't want to be signed. Yeah. And that's obviously very true. And I think that Cody especially, I think Cody Rhodes more than the Young Bucks, more than Kenny Omega, been there, done that for Cody Rhodes. Yeah. He was in, he was in WWE. He did not like uh, what they did with him. Uh, and I bet you that he's probably also told the Bucks about kind of like the shark infested waters in WWE. And so I don't think they have any interest in signing with WWE. I still, I still think Kenny Omega, uh, there's a shot. He's the one guy you still never hear about when they're talking about all these plans. But I think, I think Cody and the Bucks and Hangman Page are not going to consider a WWE offer right now. I think they're going to do this all elite wrestling thing. And I don't blame them, especially Cody. Of all the guys, yeah. Cody's the one guy I don't blame him one bit because, uh, he, again, he's been there and he's seen it. Right? Yeah. Uh, I, I agree, and I had heard that maybe Cody had joked at some recent shows in Australia that if it didn't work out, he would just go back to WWE, and that's a nice thing to be able to fall back on. You're right, and he probably could, right? I saw yeah. that he and Brandy were spotted at the Jacksonville Jaguars game on the weekend. They were in the private box up there, uh, adding fuel to the fire on that one. Um, have you heard anything? I know there have been rumors about Access TV, and Access TV has kind of publicly said it's not going to happen. No matter how much money you have behind you, even if you've got the Jackson Jaguars money, Jacksonville Jaguars money behind you, if you don't have an outlet, you're not going to be successful. Have you heard anything about, because uh, obviously they haven't gone public with anything yet, but have you heard any rumors about any broadcast negotiations or anything? No, uh, my personal speculation, and it is just that speculation, I would imagine WGN, because 
They got Saturday morning wrestling on there right now. They they test drove all in essentially. If you want to get on a station that is in a whole lot of homes, WGN seems like the best bet. They obviously are more open to wrestling now. Mm-hmm. And that's just my speculation. If I were to guess, that's where I think they'll land. Hmm. I guess we're going to see what happens. I mean, obviously, it's one thing to have a weekly YouTube show that's basically just satire, where you're just kind of poking fun at everything with, what, five, six guys on it. It's another thing when you're producing a weekly wrestling television show. And obviously, when you're producing a weekly wrestling television show, you cannot put yourselves over every week, which is what they do on Being the Elite. What so, a booker was telling me, a prominent booker in wrestling recently was telling me they're going to have to put over other guys. You have to. They have to. They they cannot. The Bucks cannot be running around acting like idiots every single week thinking that that's going to work because it's not. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens with all of that. I wanted to ask you this question uh, because I was thinking about – because they have been uh, cutting edge, uh, yeah. the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes, with some of the stuff they've done online. Did you hear about what Conan O'Brien is doing? No, I didn't. Have you heard about what Conan O'Brien's doing, Nigel? No. So in October, and I, I haven't followed late night talk since I had children, but uh, I read an article in Variety. In October, Conan O'Brien uh, shut down his talk show uh, on TBS. They're going to relaunch in January. When they relaunch in January, it's only going to be 30 minutes long. It's not going to be an hour wow. anymore. He basically fired his band. He's not going to do any more music segments. He's not going to do any more bringing on two guests a week or two, two guests a night for uh, interviews about whatever they have going on. His goal when he brings it back is to g- generate digital viral content. Yeah. Uh, and he was quoted in Variety as saying, and I got the quote here, they, meaning younger people, younger viewers, don't watch Saturday Night Live the way that we watch Saturday Night Live. Yeah. They essentially go on to YouTube and look for the segments that they heard about. And they put, SNL started to put all their stuff online, because why wouldn't they? Yeah, and same thing with The Tonight Show. Jimmy Fallon gets so many views online because a lot of people don't stay up watching the show. They just watch the best stuff on YouTube. I mean, we have a clip channel for that reason because some exactly. people digest that type of stuff, and that's why I isolate clips from Raw and SmackDown. And now, uh, if you all haven't noticed on, on this very YouTube channel, I'll go live several times throughout the day with like 90 seconds to two-and-a-half-minute-long videos because otherwise, you know, maybe – people on youtube miss out on that news from us i'd rather them get it from us than somebody else yeah and so i wonder if maybe they might go in that direction i guess we're, i guess we're going to find out what happens but uh it's definitely a changing world man there's so much content now uh i'm curious to see what happens with all elite wrestling i mean yeah they're popular right now but you know fans can be really fickle popular yeah. today gone tomorrow so we'll see what happens um you sent me a text message i think on the weekend and your text message basically said, WWE is moving TakeOver Mania weekend. Yep. What have you heard? Because we know why they're doing it, even though they're not going to come public as to why they're doing it. What have you heard about that? Well, the wrestlers didn't know until we knew. Really? Yeah. Because uh, I, I hit up several. And once uh, I said, hey, what do you make of NXT moving to Friday night for Mania weekend? And... I'm trying to pull up the, the message in particular. Did they? <laughs> and I said, yeah, WDBPR hit me with a comment, Hall of Fame is Saturday. And they said, oh, well, hey, whatever. More wrestling for all, I guess. So that's the that's the reaction among one prominent name of the Performance Center. But, hmm. yeah, I think it's a smart move for them. because They're essentially afraid to go head-to-head with the MSG show. They should be. Yeah. Now, uh, MSG sold out already. Mm-hmm. Done. Sold out. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled. I can't tell you how happy I am as somebody who tries my best to cover everything. We're going to have a Friday show, a Saturday show, and a Sunday show now that we are going to cover on Fightful. And it, that was a battle last year because there was a UFC show during that time, too. There was a lot of stuff going on. And if you spread it out, it just makes it better for all involved. Now, there are a lot of people, while they are scared of going ahead, I don't know, scared, they're, they're afraid they won't sell out, I think, is, is the deal. It is worth remembering, Ring of Honor New Japan isn't selling out that show unless WWE's in town either, so. Very true, and they knew that. Yeah. They knew that. Of course. All right, let's go to Stupid People, Nigel. This is a stupid song, it just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. 
Thanks to TrevorStrong.org, the producer, creator of the Fightful.com song. Whoa, 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 hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not ashamed to say it, Jimmy. I paid that man 250 Canadian. <laughs> Canadian. Why would you say that on the air? Because we don't got to thank him for anything anymore. We paid the man. We gained the rights. We didn't pay him for the stupid song, which is what we played on that intro. Yeah, but... Yeah, but... I like to interpret the laws the way that I see them. I know. The, oh, I know. Oh, believe me, I know. <laughs> okay. All right, let's do it. Let's this do first it. one, Sean, you know, you know how many times you and I have talked about uh, how society is just going to shit? Yeah. We've talked about it. I guarantee you that the Trig Tent guy, Nigel, knows this story. I guarantee you he does. You've probably heard it too. This was reported everywhere on December 4th, Sean. We've talked about the Me Too movement. We've talked about how, you know, the original concept was good in theory, but how now it's all gone to crap because they all have their own agendas and everything. So um, this one is, again, indicative of where society's headed, man. There's a classic holiday song. You know it. It's called Baby, It's Cold Outside. Yeah. Nigel knows it. And uh, it was pulled this week from a station out of Cleveland, Ohio, called WDOK-FM, because they got listener feedback, uh, and they said that some of the lyrics were supposedly inappropriate, according to the Me Too movement. Then, I was kind of surprised, because I always thought that maybe Canada would like shy away from this bullshit, so I was kind of surprised that Rogers Media and Bell Media and CBC Radio in Canada, which basically covers the entire country... All of them are pulling Baby It's Cold Outside out of their rotation. And uh, so I heard about that and I thought, Jesus Christ, i got to talk about this story on on, uh, on the list anyway. So the song became popular from the film Neptune's Daughter in 1949. Uh, there have been a lot of famous remakes, like Ray Charles did one that was great. Will Ferrell, of course, did one in Elf. We even have a clip from it. Put the clip up, Nigel. The neighbors might think Say what's in this drink I wish I knew how to break the spell. I ought to say no, no, no. Mind if I'm moving? At least I'm gonna say that I try. What's the sense of hurting my friend? I really can't stay. And it's cold outside. It's a classic, Sean. All right, and I was talking to Nigel rapey at times. What's that? A little, little date rapey at times, but yeah. No, I get come it. on. It, th- this was this was from the forties, and it was supposed to be kind of like a little flirtatious thing. And of course, you got to you got to jump to twenty eighteen, where people are like, oh. GHB was seen way differently in the forties. <laughs> <laughs> but here, here's my issue: if the Ray Charles version is banned, I'm like, the man's blind. Why are you letting him outside? Will Ferrell's wearing an elf costume, Sean. Yeah. Come on. I want to do some follow-up on a stupid people story, and I didn't let you know about this, but Uh you know the the offensive phrases? Yes. And the alternate. Did you see what PETA did? Long time no see. Did you see what PETA did this week? I think I know about this. No, I don't think it did. So PETA has updated with anti-animal language. And yep. to be honest with you... I do know about this. I don't have a clue if it's a troll or not. Like Anti-animal people... language? Yes. Yep. Instead of saying, take the bull by the horns, they want people to say, take the flower by the thorns. They're mad about idioms. Instead of bring home the bacon, it's bring home the bagels. Kill two birds with one stone. No, no, no. That's my favorite. How about this one, Jimmy? Feed two birds with one scone. I love that one. Eggs in one basket. Oh, yeah. I love feed two birds with one scone. That's being used on this show. Okay. From now I'm gonna, on. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say this once on this podcast, all right, Sean? To these easily offended, sitting behind a computer, fragile little trolls, all right? I want you to go outside, get some fresh air, and just grow the fuck up. It's like, cold seriously. outside, Jimmy. Didn't you hear the song? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. God. Exactly. You are... You are a hypocrite. <laughs> I guess. I guess they don't want to go outside. It's too cold outside. What's uh, in that drink? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's move on. This next one. 
This one is almost on the other end of the spectrum from this first story, Sean. So we're, we're, going, we're, we're going from this really offended nonsense. We're going all the way over to this other side on this one. This is a good one. This was reported by Patrick Gillespie of Bloomberg.net on November 29th. So uh, the G20 took place in Argentina, right, this past week. And uh, the Prime Minister Way of India... Way more fly than the G6. The Prime Minister of India, his name is Narendra Modi. He was shown on television. There's a television station in Argentina called Chronica TV. And granted, I will say, before we get to the, the meat of the story, Chronica TV is known for some satire and stuff like yeah. that. Even though it is a news station in Argentina, they're known for some satire and stuff like that. So when Prime Minister Modi was coming into Argentina for the G20, they had footage on, on Chronica TV of him arriving. And what they decided to do was on one half of the screen, they showed the plane coming in. On the other half of the screen, they showed this. Put that picture up there, Nigel. They put a picture of Apu from The Simpsons. Oh. And then across the screen, that's Spanish. And what that translates to is Apu arrives. And this is a news channel in Argentina, even though they are known for some satire. It's a news channel in Argentina. What do you think of that Ooh. one? <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable? That's a tough one. That's a tough think, what one. What do you think of that one, Nigel? I don't find anything offensive. But <laughs> I, I should say that there was a whole documentary made about it, how Apu was I super, know. super offensive. I know. And uh, that kind of makes Hari Kondabolu's point. I thought yeah. that documentary was dumb. I thought the concept was dumb. But for a news network, whether they do satire or not, to put that on the screen, that was a little short sighted. Oh, yeah. It sure was. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Okay, Sean, this last one, man, for the SRS file. Oh, hot damn. Reported by the Daily Mail on November 28th. You're going to like this one, Sean. Yeah. So uh, the FIFA World Cup is coming to Qatar in the Middle East in 2022. Yeah. And in preparation for that, the city of al Wakra is building a stadium that they hope to have completed next year, right, in time for the FIFA World Cup. The designer of the stadium said that they were inspired by the flowing shape of a Dihau boat, which is, oh, a traditional, no. which is a traditional Arabian pearl diving and fishing vessel. Um, but with locals, it's become uh, more well-known for something else. Put up that photo, Nigel. They call it the Vagina Stadium. Now, you remember on a previous episode of the Listen, You Boy... Stupid People News, I showed you guys the penis tower in China. Remember yeah. that, Sean? How can we somehow bring these two together? Is there any <laughs> is there any way that we Blue can Chew. get the code penis fightful. tower? What's that? Blue Chew Code Fightful. Blue Chew co Code Fightful. I would love to find a way to get that China penis tower and the vagina stadium in Argentina and bring those two together, Sean. I'm going to have nothing to do with that intro of Listen You Boy. That is all Nigel, as we've seen, his editing skills are far superior than mine, so sorry, Nigel, that's all you dude <laughs> so this, uh, I, I just I just got news that Becky Lynch's Royal Rumble VIP access appearance sold out in ninety seconds. Good for her, good for her. Well, that's a perfect segue to my next topic because I was going to say to you, it's almost hard to believe currently that. Raw and SmackDown are produced by the same company oh, yeah. with the same decision maker. That's the worst part, by the same decision maker. I understand that they have different creative teams, but they have the same decision maker. Raw this week, there was only one thing about Raw that I like, Sean. What's A three-hour broadcast, and there's only one thing that I like, and that was Heath Slater getting the referee gimmick. Yeah. Because they have so many directions they can go in with that. So that was great. I could go on for half an hour about the stupidity of having Drew McIntyre lose by pinfall. And I could go on for half an hour about how they replayed a lot of the same shit over and over again. Like the Lucha House Party and like Rudin Gable with AOP and, and all that stuff. I'm not going to do it. But uh, the Heath Slater thing was good. Everything else was dog shit. But SmackDown, Sean. SmackDown this week. So Becky Lynch is probably the hottest thing in other brand right now, I would say. Right? Uh, you've got an evil hippie vegan in Daniel Bryan who is a hilarious piece of shit. He is. Like, Nigel, you would love this new character from Daniel Bryan. He is an evil hippie vegan. <laughs> and he was doing commentary at ringside, and Corey Graves brought up fossil fuels or something, and I don't, I don't remember exactly what he said. And Daniel Bryan basically looked at him as, and basically said, you are a terrible, awful human being. <laughs> His character is excellent. You had Cesaro... 
grabbing uh, one of the Usos in the giant swing. Xavier Woods gets him on his shoulders. So he's got, what do you think, 200 and maybe 20 pounds on his shoulders, maybe 210, 215 maybe by the legs. Does the giant swing. I thought that was a great visual. Uh, Samoa Joe doing the, the promos with Jeff Hardy with the real life thrown in, I thought was really good. SmackDown is a good show right now. It, it especially was last night. I had somebody in the comments say, I don't think you all should say it's a good show. And I was like, I think we should say whatever the hell we want. That's the, the beauty of opinion. And there are some people who just can't be happy based on anything. I thought last night was a fun show. You know what? I think Ross sours people too, Sean. That's true. And it yeah. sours me, man. I cover, yeah. I, I said it on the Fightful Report podcast this week. Up until I delegated some of that responsibility to Warren and Steven, 30 hours of my work week was just watching and reviewing wrestling. Right. So, I mean, I'm just as quick to to get soured on stuff as anybody else. Right. Meanwhile, I go back and watch the retro reviews, and I've realized I give that more of a leash because if something shitty happens in 1998, I don't got to worry about watching it on Raw the next week. Mm -hmm. I'm able to review that a little more fairly. And I thought last night, I went into SmackDown expecting it to be terrible. And it was really fun. I loved it. Outside of the Rusev promo, I think there wasn't anything I disliked on it. I actually thought Rusev was pretty damn funny, too. I mean, he's funny, but... Yeah. Yeah. But, I I mean, he needs new music. Badly. Yeah, he does. But but otherwise, I I, I mean, I I love Rusev. I love Shinsuke Nakamura. I got him in a program together. Uh, We'll go a few minutes over today since we were uh, running late to start the show. Yes, again, Nigel. Uh, yeah, because because sure. of fully Nigel sure. and not Sean. Because there's a couple more things I want to get to before we go off the air. So first and foremost, I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, kind of insider information on something that's coming up, Sean. Uh, Matt Jackson, you know I'm a big fan of the LJM line, the old WWF LJM line. And Matt Jackson from the Young Bucks posted this on Twitter on December 3rd. Put that up, Nigel. He said, signed a deal with an old company that's making a return. You might be familiar with them. And it's a picture from the old LJN tag team box uh, that they used to do when they had that WWF line. If you really look closely, you can see a leg with uh, with the leg tassels on the boot. If you really look, because you know guys really do pay attention. Yeah. So because I'm into the LJN line, Sean, I did some research. I talked to a couple people. I even talked to a certain uh, Long Island pro wrestler. Ooh. And uh, and I got a little bit of intel on this. So this is legitimate. There was speculation that maybe it was going to be something custom-made, because a lot of guys make customs now in that world. Yeah. This is legitimate. Uh, from what I understand, um, LJN went out of business in 95, as we know. Acclaim Entertainment, their parent company, went out of business in 2004. The LJN trademarks are out there. Uh, I happen to know of the gentleman that owns the LJN trademarks for apparel, Okay. And he's and he's been looking to get t-shirts produced with the old rainbow logo on it. Yeah. Just like he owns that trademark for apparel, somebody else owns the LGN trademark for toy uh, manufacturing. Okay. Uh, and so my understanding is that they are going to be manufacturing not just the Young Bucks, they're doing a whole line. That's of, awesome. Uh, yeah. And uh, now what I've heard talking to some people is that it might be the, the old bendies with the wires in them. Yeah. It might be a bendy line. Uh, for the sake of my wallet, I hope it is a bendy line because I, <laughs> because I never collected the bendies. Yeah. And so I won't collect that line. If it's the old school rubber eight inch LJ and action figures, then damn it, Sean, I'm going to have to buy that stupid set. Yeah. But, so uh, I hit up, uh, I told you I've started a Kentucky and Cincinnati figure collection. And after looking at how many goddamn Rob Conway figures there are, I've decided to just collect one of each wrestler from the area. But in doing so, I realized that about 10 years ago or whatever, I think it was Jax released some LJN-style figures. Yes, did. you did. also get those? No, because they're not – they call them LJN-style because they're rubber. They're nothing like the LJNs. Okay. What so were the I differences? Never, uh, it was a, a, a more kind of sturdy rubber. Uh, they were slightly smaller. It just wasn't the same. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, I remember when the first wrestling figure I saw was a Hillbilly Jim LJN. Of course, and, I mean, yeah. Those were big, sturdy sons of bitches. They oh, were. yeah. How about this for a find? I went to the place where Ryder and Hawkins did the figure it out episode. In Cincinnati, yeah. Cincinnati, myself and Nikita Krylov fan went there, and I was on the hunt for those Kentucky figures before I decided to just do one of each. I found an LJN Hillbilly Jim thumb wrestler there. Oh, yeah. Did they? I don't know. Did they exist? Was that a prototype? I'm they, not sure. No, they, they existed, but I was like, man, this is going to be tough to find. 
and I found it immediately. I had gotten an Ambrose as well, and they threw in the, the Hillbilly Jim LJN for free. It was pretty nice. Pretty cool. Very cool, very cool. Now I gotta He's gonna say, help me for my rematch with Melissa, the Thumb War. Yes, you know what? We might include those in the matchup. Maybe, maybe. To, I'm thinking best two out of three falls, we're gonna come up with a couple other things. I don't know. So I'm man. thinking. You know, we can do uh, a full Sean versus Melissa Olympics. Yeah, we'll figure something out. I'm almost thinking like Christmas vacation when they, when they went to that casino off the strip there, you know? Yeah. They were doing things like playing, uh, pick a number between one and ten, that kind of thing. Yeah. So we'll, well figure something uh, out. Melissa doesn't get a vacation anymore. So. A couple go. more stories for you. Actually, I have a story and then I have a question. Okay. So the story is I have great news for the, for the Listen Your Boy podcast. I have Ooh. really good news, Sean. I gotta raise him. Our morale's higher. Uh, morale is pretty good, except for the fact that you lost last week, the race part. Uh, let's just move on to my story. So, uh, Chris Jericho did an interview with a guy named Drew Dalby from 104.9 FM in Regina, Saskatchewan. And uh, here is a quote from that interview. He said, WWE is WWE, and I have a 20-year history there. I could walk in the door tomorrow and know exactly what to do to get a reaction. But I'll tell you one thing. There won't be a list. That's done. I don't feel it anymore. It doesn't feel right. What that means is the list of Jimmy Van is now going to be the sole survivor in the list game, wow. Sean. I thought you were going to change the name of our Sole survivor. What's that? I thought you were about to change the name of our show. No, I'm not going to change the name of the show. Oh, What am I, a Jericho follower? Do you think I would change the name of the show because he's getting rid of his list? No. No. Last thing I have for you, Sean... I understand that Ty Dillinger tried to kind of call you out on Twitter and say that you were full of shit with uh, with the report, and then you proved him wrong. Why don't you tell us that story, Sean? Well, I also tell it on the Fightful Report podcast on FightfulSelect.com today, but I had heard late last week that Ty Dillinger was uh, was healing up from his injury, and then another person reached out and said, hey, he starts rehab on Monday, and I was like, how do you know that? They're like, you said it on this game stream. So I had a conversation a few years ago with Tommaso Ciampa that kind of changed my viewing on reporting injuries. The Becky Lynch stuff, it was coming out a few hours later. That didn't hurt anybody. Tommaso Ciampa had a report that I posted when he was trying to get signed, and I was like, you know what? If that's the case, I'll probably hold off. I don't want to cost anybody a living. Ty Dillinger's under contract. Mm -hmm. Not only is he under contract, he said on his game stream, I start rehab Monday. So he tried to pretend like he didn't like that we didn't know. And he's got this like sometimes adversarial attitude towards writers, journalists, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's an old school guy. I don't know. I always thought he was a pretty nice dude. But I posted the video and he acted like he was trying to bait that. And he's mm-hmm. like, that's how you drive traffic. And I'm like, to what? I posted a six second clip. Like, I didn't link to anything of yours. I mean, I will if you want me to, but it was it was very unusual. I don't know. I feel so like he was after, trying to feed two birds with one scone there. <laughs> after you proved him wrong, did he say anything? Like, my bad? Or he just kind of... He, no, just kind he, of... he acted like he was baiting it out of me. Like, that's how you drive traffic. And I was like, not, not really, man. I mean, even his fans were like, you got caught, man. That, that was it. Did, well, and didn't like, he say? Didn't he say something like news to me or something like that? Yeah, he's like, I wonder when they are gonna tell me about my rehab, and I was right. like, well, they told you last week because you mentioned it on your stream. <laughs> it's a popular stream. A lot of people. Right. I've got a lot of contacts in wrestling and outside of wrestling who watch that stream. It's like him and Baron Corbin and Tyler Breeze, very entertaining dudes. That was just unusual, man. I was like, I get it. Some people will have an adversarial attitude towards people who write stuff, but I mean. Mm-hmm. People want to know that one of like a popular wrestler is about to undergo rehab. That's why we keep an injury report article on mm-hmm. Fightful.com. Cool. That's all I got for you this week, man. Uh, the only other thing I'm going to say is JBL, stay off the sauce or stay off social media. <sighs> what an idiot! That guy's an idiot. I will say the JBL and Cole show way ahead of its time. It would thrive in today's being the elite world. Mm. Uh, maybe without J- maybe without JBL on it. Yeah, definitely without JBL. If it were like Renee Young and somebody else, which they mm-hmm. eventually did, it became the Renee Young and JBL show. But 
Hey guys, we got lots of stuff going on at Fightful.com. I want to see you guys in those live chats Monday for Raw, Tuesday for SmackDown. Make it your destination, guys. Go over there. I will be in those live chats talking with you guys. We're always giving stuff away. Sometimes we're going to do like basically pop-up giveaways where we'll be in the live chats of those shows. We'll give away something. Uh, lots of neat stuff over there. The most directful way or direct way to support Fightful is Fightful Select. But I think we should get some new shirt ideas going, Jimmy. We'll talk about it. I know I know the one you have. I like it. We'll talk yeah. about it. Lots of cool stuff. Guys, uh, subscribe, Fightful Select. Follow Jimmy at JimmyVan74. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow us at Fightful Online. Until next time, guys. Well, it's listen, you boy, not listen, you girl. You done? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.